He's my favorite, I think. I love Catherine, too. Oh, yeah. She's... Andy, stop stopping. <laughs> oh, Andy, you're so funny. Where is, where is the garage? <laughs> you are insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Catching Foxes, a podcast at the intersection of culture and faith, where we favor discussion over instruction. This episode is brought to you by the fine folks over at CatholicMatch.com, so stay tuned and we'll tell you a little bit more about them later. This is episode 23, Beauty from Ashes. So ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. We have today a wonderful person here. I've known her husband for years, and we've got to do ministry. It actually kind of took you leaving our city for us to become friends, and thank God for Facebook. But uh, we have here Maria Walther, the legend herself. And uh, Maria, why don't you just tell us just a little bit about yourself, like like, like where you're from, who you're married to. Awesome. Well, I'm, um, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, originally, and um, I'm married to Ben Walther, we met at Franciscan University, and we lived in Texas for 10 years, but have recently moved back to Ohio. Boo. And, uh, but it's beautiful Yay. right now, the fall. The leaves right. are beautiful. Yep. yep. Ohio's great yep. in the fall. Yeah, in whatever. Fall. It's 83 degrees here at night. Yeah. <laughs> at night. It's, yeah, we, we had the heater on <laughs> the other day. So, um, But I'm just I'm excited to, to be here. Can I say that? To be here with you guys. You can. Absolutely. You can. President at the end of the show, you won't. But yeah, at the beginning, <laughs> never we'll mind. But thank you for thank you for having me. I um, I'm a mom. We have six kids. We just had our sixth child, and um, you may hear him crying in just a bit. I don't know. We'll have to see if he wants to make his radio appearance. <laughs> <laughs> That's now, awesome. How old? Uh, how old's your sixth child? The sixth one. He yeah. is oh, um, five weeks. Five weeks. That's awesome. And he is your first boy, right? He's our second boy. Second we have a boy. little Benjamin Jr. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. So what are the names of your kids? Can we run through them? Do you remember them all? Because you got a lot. <laughs> we do. We have Hannah, Michaela, Helena, Gemma, Benjamin, and Canaan. Canaan Joshua. Why Canaan? And that was, that was Ben's doing. He, um, he just <laughs> he took it in prayer, and he was in class one day. He teaches um, for the 6th, 7th, and 8th graders at our at our daughter's school. And he said, you know what? I love the name Canaan. And I said, okay, we'll explain it because we have a friend named Cana and we had another friend who just had a daughter named Cana. And I said, well, explain Canaan. And he said, well, um, he was talking about when Moses um, was leading the people into the promised land and he never was able to go in. It was Joshua who actually um, entered the promised land. And he said, uh, so we, let's have a Canaan Joshua um, and I just thought that that was awesome because I always was the one kind of in charge of the names, I guess. Um, not that he didn't care, but you know, <laughs> whatever. As, as, the, <laughs> as the head of the household, he, you know, he's working and I would be home and all I was thinking about was like every possible name combination <laughs> I could come up with. But for the guys, um, for the boys, I just said, uh, would you like a bigger hand in this? <laughs> <laughs> and he just kind of took over. Yeah. So um so Kane and Joshua appeared on September 20th, 5 days early. And uh he's he fits right in. He's, That's awesome. Everybody's embraced him and nice. uh one of our favorite things is, you know, most people kind of lift their eyes. They'll they'll see me with him and they'll be like, "Oh, is he your first?" And I always go, 
I prepare myself. Yeah. I'm like, no, he's my sixth. What? You're crazy. <laughs> do you know what you know? Do you know how that happens? And oh my gosh, <laughs> if one more person asks me, do you know what is your response when someone sees their big family and says, do you know how that happens? Oh, you're pregnant again. Do you know how that happened? Yes, I um I silently um curse in my head. No, I'm just kidding. I, um... Welcome to Catching Foxes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I usually for a second think, um, yes, I know, especially if it's been a tough day and the kids are, have been crazy that day. I really just try to make it as, um, as positive and um, encouraging, I guess, as possible, because a lot of people do just, they just assume that we're some crazy Catholics. Actually, somebody at our school at our parish, um, when they found out that I was pregnant with Canaan, and then she found out that we had si- that he was our sixth, she looked at me and she goes, "Are you Amish?" <laughs> oh my gosh. And I thought she she kind of took it back um, right away. You could tell she regretted saying that, but I thought, no, that would be more like I guess Mennonite, right? Yeah, Wouldn't that yeah. be? But then I thought, oh, the beard, maybe Ben's beard made her uh, <laughs> made her think that. Yeah, but, so it's usually beard. just a. Yes. So usually my com- my my response is just, um, yeah, and where we have, you know, when they say you have your hands full, and I always tend to add, yeah, and our, and our hearts are full too, and oh, nice. try to keep it positive, keep you know, even classy. though I just like, yeah, well, even though like I duct taped the child earlier or something, <laughs> <laughs> I don't tell them that part. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's so funny. For me, it was, it's so, I have four kids, which is at the maximum level of acceptability. Right. So like, oh, you know, you didn't get your other gendered kids. So you kept trying or something like that. And it's like, no, I mean, I got them on the third try. So Mm -hmm. um, but like four is a big family for the, you know, whatever. But the funny. So we get that now right when we had. But the funny thing is for us, it's four kids that are five and under. Yeah. So once people find out, wait, how old's your oldest? Like 27? You know, like, (laughs) no, my oldest is five and then four and then almost two and almost, you know, 12 weeks. That I don't – when it was – the first person that ever said it to me was my hairdresser. And she's cutting you my – You have a hairdresser? Hairdresser. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> was the lady Just that does my nails. <laughs> the, the, the random – as a guy, the super cuts or sport clips that I walked into that was near my work, mm-hmm. not my hairdresser. <laughs> Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Digging deeper. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no kidding. She said to me, uh, she's cutting my hair and she goes, Oh, do you not do you know how that works? And I remember like just looking at her and thinking, Well, of course I know how that works. I keep making them. (laughs) And they're all awesome. So clearly I know how this works to get maximum results. But I just my head then went to like ultra defensive mode. Yeah. And then, like, the realization that she's holding scissors and clippers <laughs> and can mess up my hair for the next, you know, six weeks or however long I go before getting haircuts. And uh, I just looked at her and was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's my passive aggressiveness. Yeah. And then I tripped her. So, oh, sorry. I didn't realize my, my big feet. Yeah. She died. It was crazy. She landed <laughs> was right like... on the scissors. It was really horrible. And I didn't even tipper at the end <laughs> i just walked away and said not my problem not Sorry, my problem i don't have anything to add because i don't have any kids so i'm like nah. yeah you don't have any kids <laughs> but one day lou one day one day you will have kids you'll have day. 10 under 10 <laughs> <laughs> somehow i just kept producing them within a year all irish twins
I, um, I've only I've been married for almost two months now. So, oh my goodness! Uh, I'm still kind of like congratulations. Oh. It's exciting. Thank you. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been really cool. It's a lot of fun. Uh, the only part that's bad is I'm now told to make my bed, which hasn't happened in about 16 years. So that's a little weird. How many pillows do you have in your bed now, Luke? We have like seven. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Really I like crazy. how defeated you just sounded. <laughs> yeah, like seven. There's like I went, one in the middle. What is that guy doing? Yeah. <laughs> I went from having, because the first I always had two. Then I lost one and I was like, eh. So I always, so I just had one for years. And then now it's like, what, what, why is there one here? Like there's pillows on the floor. There's pillows on the, like on the top. There's like a cat going in the middle of the night. It's nuts. It's a- you go to bed, you throw the pillows off. You make the bed, you put the pillows on. It doesn't make sense. It's true. It's so true. <laughs> My favorite moment was the other day with uh, the, the fancy pillows that go on the outside. So you got the pillows that you sleep with. They're back against the headboard. But the fancy pillows that look pretty, they're displayed for everyone. And yes. they hide the, you know, drool-infested pillows. Uh, <laughs> but the, my favorite thing was my daughter, Cecilia, the other night she comes in and she's like, Daddy, I want you to snuggle with me. And I was like, oh, my gosh, I just want to sleep. So I go, here, take Daddy's pillow. <laughs> and I gave her the fancy pillow. And then yesterday she's completely naked and she needs to get a bath. And I give the kids the baths in the family because my wife, dear Lord, has done enough. And uh, <laughs> and Cecilia runs and jumps naked on the pillow and she goes i put my butt on the pillow my naked butt on the pillow and i'm like get off the pillow that's the fancy one which is clearly obvious that she is your child by doing that i don't see shannon well i could see shannon doing that but no shannon cannot shannon cannot following daddy's example yeah yeah michael michael what are you doing in there i put my butt on the pillow Oh, I'm... this is what happens after a night of podcasting and 12 drinks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good time. So, so, uh, the reason why we wanted to bring you on, uh, why, uh, I, I love, um, your family. You have a great family. <laughs> I was just thinking when we were talking about how you pick names, you're like, so Ben was praying about it. And I was like, praying about it. I think maybe I was like, Lord, what do you think of this one? Yeah, it sounds cool. Let's go with that. <laughs> that's about as that's as much thought as I gave all my kids' names, which probably I should have given more because it's their name for the rest of their life. But, I mean, if they really don't like it, they can change it, right? True. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but, like, so first of all, you have uh, – the, the, the reason why I thought of you when we were thinking of guests, you were one of the first people that I thought of because you have a beautiful ministry – and the way I've gotten exposed to this, and I don't want to call it a ministry. I, I, I don't know what word you want to describe it, but you have a heart for women who have had, like, miscarriages, who have lost um, children, who have lost their babies. Um, and it's so beautiful because my wife and I, um, you know, 12 weeks ago when we had our Thomas, um, two days before, Shannon had been going through this pregnancy with a friend of ours. Um, the, a woman that we actually are becoming friends with, like at the time, Shannon, uh, I didn't know them at all. And Shannon had bonded with this woman because they were more or less due on the same day. And then, um, the last doctor's visit, this lady went in and they found out, you know, at at this stage, you know, it's so late you, you do them every week Mm. and they couldn't detect a heartbeat. You know, one week, everything's fine. The next week they couldn't find a heartbeat, ended up scheduling a C-section um 
and they were in the same hospital that we delivered our child by C-section. And they were on the way out um, after we had our child. And uh, I met the husband downstairs in the lobby as he's taking the stuff out. And he introduced himself to me. And he's like, you're Michael Gormley. And I'm like, indeed I am. Who are you, good (laughs) sir? And then he tells me who he is. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so Mm -hmm. sorry. You know, like, I don't know what to do. I don't. I'm, I'm the person that I can stand in front of a crowd and talk about, like, the biblical view of suffering. And then you come to me with, like, well, I'm suffering right now. And I'm like, oh, oh, I don't. I don't know what to say. You know, I'm all, I'm just lost. And I just apologize a million times. And this guy was awesome. Well, now he's entering the church. He's in one of my classes and he's, he's going to become Catholic. Wow. And his wife came upstairs and came into Shannon's room right before they left. And she just spent time holding Thomas. And I'm in the corner just crying my eyes out in a quiet way. You know, it's so, it, it, the whole experience the the fragileness of life, all this stuff. Mike Kateri almost died in, in my wife's you know, during labor, and we had to have emergency C-section. And so my wife, all of our kids are C-sectioned. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't know I that mean, either. So, well, I mean, basically they, they gave my wife an epidural because she had been in labor for, you know, 48 hours. Oh, and she was beyond exhausted. So they gave her an epidural, and then everything kind of, like, stopped. And then they gave her Pitocin to, like, make the labor happen. Yeah. And uh, every time Shannon's would have a contraction, Kateri's heart rate, like, plummeted and it did that for about 20 minutes and then the doctor comes in and he's like so you you don't really want a c-section right we're trying to do this naturally and shannon's like save my child's life and the guy's like okay prepping right now for emergency um c-section so all of our kids after that have been via c-section which is awesome for my wife because she's a planner yes (laughs) and she's like i can schedule the very minute my child is born oh that's nice yeah it is it is that's the one bonus of a c-section but uh (laughs) Uh, the sad part is the not being able to pick up the rest of your kids for the next, you know, yes. two months. But uh, yeah. so yeah, like this whole experience, like uh, the the fragileness of life. You then, uh, my wife reached out to you, and then mm-hmm. you have this wonderful. I I don't want. Would you call it a ministry? What do you call it? You know, I never I never thought of it until Ben actually told me. Um, he's like, honey, he would go and do retreats, and um, people would come up to him and say that they knew me from from Facebook and from prayers and. I, I was always on Facebook all the time. It was kind of like my escape. And I kind of, not, I don't want to say I made a deal with God because that's not what I did. But in order for me to stay on, I was like, you know what? T- too easily I get drawn into like, what's going on with, you know, my second grade friend's <laughs> life right now. Yeah. Um, so I said, you know what? I'm going to get rid of my account if I can't um, use it for for good, use it to glorify God. And, and um, people just would start to send me messages as I... I just kind of got known as, um, you know, the person that would post requests and some or prayer requests. And sometimes I'll just post, you know, um, I feel selfish on the days when I ask for a prayer request. The other day I went in for some dental work and um, I was like, can you pray for me today? But so Ben, Ben was the first one, I think, to say to me that it, it, it's a ministry and um, and it's been neat. It's so. So, yeah, I think so. Um, like an un an unplanned. I didn't go out there setting out to do that but god kind of has turned that into um a ministry for me so yeah yeah so i think yeah sorry you're gonna say no that's i think that you could say that i um i prefer it i guess as opposed to just um it helps me to not waste time on facebook and just to use it for a purpose because it's so easy to just get caught up now my chair is squeaking (laughs) 
Sorry. <laughs> oh, no, you're fine. <laughs> like, yeah, you're I may good. have to stand. Um, no, you're good. So anyway, so yeah, I, I love to, I love when people, when I'll get like a private message and um, they'll say, is there any way that you can do this? And I always make sure to say, is it okay if I post it? Are you just asking me to, you know, in general, ask for prayers? Do you want me just to pray, you know, here at home or are you wanting me to ask other people to join in? And, um, and actually right now, my, the prayer request that's up right now is for a, a dear friend of mine who has um, suffered seven miscarriages in a row. She had three children, and um, two of the children that she lost were actually twin daughters that were five months old. Oh, and um, she is 35 weeks pregnant, and so she was. She um, texted me, and she asked for prayers because at her regular appointment, um, the baby's heart just – um, the heart rate just kept dropping. So she's now admitted in the hospital, and um, they're going to keep an eye on her, and she's going to stay there until the baby is born. Um, she thought that they were going to have to do a C-section or induction today, but the baby um, looks good. So I'm like, well, you know what? Praise God they can keep an eye on the baby and go in and get him um, if if something were to happen. So I'm just like, Lord, I just I put out a, an urgent prayer request because, you know, the Lord, he, he does ask, you know, we are called to sacrifice at times in our lives. And I was just begging him um, that maybe this... He could, you know, spare them this and allow them to to carry this baby full term and raise him. Um, so that's the prayer request that's out there right now. And there's a lot of people who've responded and who are praying. I, so I told my friend, I said, um, I've got a lot of people praying for you and your son. And and obviously it's not like if I didn't pray, then something would happen. You know, because it's, it's hard to – sometimes people will ask for a prayer request and then they see that I, I posted that, you know, the child passed away or so-and-so has cancer and yes, it's a positive test, but um, it's just been beautiful to see so many people joining in prayer. And um, and I kind of remind them to kind of say, um, can you stop right now and say a prayer? Because so often people ask for prayer and you can be like, yeah, of course, of course. And then you never actually do it, but you say you will. So I try to get in the habit of right then saying the prayer and then posting the prayer request and what? kind of no. reminding others. I've never done that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. I'll pray for you. No. And then they say, hey, thanks for the prayers. You're like, oh, yeah, no problem. Yeah, <laughs> toads. God's outside of time. Right. I can pray right now and that'll go backtracking. Yes. Right? <laughs> yes. I was just going to say that. I've done that more times than I, yes. can, I can admit. <laughs> so how many times in a given week will you get a person contacting you about? Oh gosh, it, it just depends. It just depends. Um, a lot of times, people on like a regular my regular email because some of the people who know me, but maybe th- mm, three to five, maybe I guess. It just depends. Um, there's not. I've never really. Mm-hmm. I'd have to go back and look. You're average. No, I was <laughs> just <My> no, average. <laughs> I would just think like, how do you? Because I've I have witnessed it happening with people that I know. Twice ever since all my friends started getting married, just in just in terms of like these were uh, really good friends that I was you know hanging out with at the time, and I was involved in their you know everyday life and stuff, and it was like awful. I mean, it, my heart, I mean, that feeling of like helplessness is, I mean, just overwhelming. How do you emotionally like not go crazy with that? 
when with the the prayer request coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, I mean especially just, like, when it's personal. Like, you know, yeah, like you like, know the person. They're like, yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm losing a child. I'm, I have cancer. My husband, or you know, how do you? Because for me, right now, there's a dear friend of mine um, that I have known their family for years, and she's dying of cancer. She was diagnosed with cancer about six, eight months ago, and then we just found out today. One of the women that I work with walked by my office and said, hey, do you know so-and-so? I was like, yeah, of course. And she said, she just got news today. She has two days to two weeks. Oh. And she has five kids, right? Oh, wow. And if you go on my wife's Facebook page, that's who she's talking about. She has five kids, and she's dying of cancer. And I have my other friend who used to be a teen of mine, is now a youth minister. His wife's dad is dying of cancer. They gave him two months with uh, – Two weeks without treatment, two months with treatment, or six months with treatment, something like that, something crazy like that. And his insurance said they're not paying. And so, because he's like Cobra and all this stuff, and they're oh. fighting all this, and they move, they literally move from wherever they were from. I think they were from like Minnesota uh, or Montana. They moved down here to go to MD Anderson, which is his famous ca- uh, cancer treatment place. And yeah. they're like, we can't. We can't admit you because you don't have any insurance. And they're like, what do you mean? We have Cobra. We have this and that. And they've been fighting it. They clearly have insurance, but until they prove it, he's been going without any treatment. And so that means this death is hastening. And I just sit there, and it pops up on Facebook. My friend writes it. He'll send me a text message. And I just, like, I lose it. (laughs) Like, Apparently, our audience should know by now, I get something in my (laughs) eye fairly often. (laughs) (laughs) And I just, I, I can't. I can't process other people's pain without it wrecking my world kind of thing, you know? And then I'm like, oh, but what if that happens to my wife or my kids or, you know what I mean? Like, how do you process sure. that? Hmm. <clears throat> well, well, we, for um, the reason, especially um, people who have lost children, who've had miscarriage, the reason it's very much on our heart is because we went through um, a similar thing. We weren't quite as far along as, as Shannon's friend, but we were 33, 33 and a half weeks pregnant, so like seven and a half months pregnant. Wow. Same, same type of thing. We went in for our, um, for our routine checkup, and there was no heartbeat. So I think um, for me, with anything dealing with, with children and babies, especially recently, because when Shannon um, approached me with that prayer request, I think I was about 28 or 29 weeks pregnant. And um, somebody had asked me, they're like, does it scare you when you're posting these requests because you're, you know, you're three weeks away from that same, you know, time frame, your baby being the same age. And my answer to, to that specific question is um, we've been there and we've experienced, you know, the, you hear Matt Maher's song, Your Grace is Enough. And we've experienced it and we've lived through it. And I don't ever want to have to experience that again, but I know that if God asked us to carry that similar cross again, that he would give us then the grace that we would need. So as I was posting these prayer requests, um, there has just, there's always been a grace there and a peace there. Just knowing, um, and you know, the silent prayer of Lord, please don't ask this of us. But if you do, you know, I, I trust that you're going to get us through it just the way that you did before. And um, especially the seasons of pregnancy, when I'm pregnant, I have, um, I usually love being pregnant, and I've noticed now there's a difference. When I'm pregnant with the girls, when I was pregnant, we have four daughters. When I was pregnant with them, um, 
I had wonderful pregnancies. And then afterwards, I kind of went into a postpartum little spiral. And then with the boys, when I'm pregnant with them, I kind of had a heavier, um, it was almost like a depression during pregnancy. And then after, um, it's a whole other experience. It's just this this beautiful, wonderful time. And um, so just the time that I've been pregnant or up through the middle of the night now with with Canaan, using that time, how easily I can be like, oh, I want to be sleeping right now, but the baby is crying and wants to be held. Or I can say, okay, Lord, there's somebody right now who needs prayers. And it there really is a change when I am able to to get outside of myself and really give it to God. Because Ben, ben even said to me once before, he's like, I think He's like, let's let's get you going a scheduled time every week for adoration. And that actually, we haven't started that yet. Um, we were just talking about it recently. He's like, how about you go every Tuesday or whatever? Because he's like, there's a lot of weight on your heart when people are asking for requests. But um, especially with the with the children who, um, when they've been lost, I just, for me, it really is just an empathy thing and knowing that God carried me and got me through it, got us through it. Um, when it's other things like cancer or um, there was a recent prayer request for a young a young boy who the family was worried about him hurting himself or another person. And I think just, I really just ask God to, um, it, it hasn't ever been a struggle really. And I, I say that, um, I humbly say that thanking God for it being, um, I don't know if I had to say it, but just that, um, He's allowing me to be used as a vessel. And really there's there's just grace that has come from that. And I haven't really felt like a, you know, it's heavy stuff. But um, my I have an aunt who said to me once before, how come you know so many people who've lost, um, who've lost babies? Like she just, she thought maybe, you know, were people, were they not taking their folic acid or were they not doing what they needed to do? And I said, you know what, when you are in the Catholic community and you are open to life, the odds are the you know the more babies that are conceived there's going to be a greater chance to lose and um i'm like you know it's just this beautiful um there's just grace there i, I guess that's the that's the very very long answer <laughs> that is <laughs> that really me. cool <laughs> so my apologies i no, no 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 it's all like so then um how do these women contact you is it mostly through like um like a friend of a friend or is it people who've kind of heard that this is a thing that you do or? Yeah. Most, I guess most of the people that I know or that ask for prayer requests are, um, they will ask for the friend that I don't, you know, that I don't know. They'll say like the prayer request the other day for the, for the young boy who was, um, having some suicidal thoughts. It was, <laughs> most of the people are like people that Ben met first and then they've gotten to know me through Facebook so it was um, somebody who was at one of the conferences, like somebody's son's brother's friend type thing. And so um, a woman contacted me who knew the mother of the boy and then put me in contact with him and then just letting her know that people are praying for them. And, you know, if there's any specific prayer intentions or requests, a lot of the most of the time it's people who who I've known. And then they ask on behalf of a friend or um you know, then somebody, then all of a sudden I'll see like a friend request come up on Facebook and then I see the connection there. So, um, and then when I post stuff, I have an Instagram account too, and I'll, I'll post things there. And I always try to keep it, you know, I'll post a picture of the kids, but then 
put some type of scripture in it or just a, a positive prayer thought for the day or um and then then I'll see like little friend requests pop up and then all of a sudden I'll have a somebody asking for for a specific prayer so it's just it's just random I mean it just depends on who who needs the prayer when yeah but a lot of times it's you know it's usually somebody knows they've they know me or they've seen um they've seen me put prayer requests out there with uh with my wife and the woman who um who lost her her child at the same time um you uh shannon gave you her address and you wrote her a letter like mm-hmm. you also do this stuff offline too right yeah what what do you say to these people like it, i i just thought that to me shannon said hey you know i'm gonna get her address so i can give it to maria and i'm like why <laughs> she's like because i'm gonna write her a letter or she's gonna write her a letter and i'm like oh okay cool yeah okay so ask and you know we'll see what what comes to that and uh and the woman just kind of like sat there and when shannon asked she's like of course here's my ad- of course here's my address like she didn't feel weird what what do you write to someone i mean you didn't know her at all at all at all you just knew her through shannon um and you yeah. knew you know the outlines of her story that shannon gave what do you write to someone Number one, I think it's incredibly awesome that you're willing to write anything and get involved in the most painful part of someone's life, right? Like, usually mm-hmm. we're all so squeamish, especially about, like, death and loss and the suffering. That we're, That's the part that we're like, um, feel better, pat on the back, <laughs> I'll cook you a casserole, I'm out, you know? <laughs> um, but you, like, enter into this with this, I don't know what to call it, a holy boldness, you know? So what do you what did you write in in a, in a letter to someone like that's going through a loss of a child? Usually, I just start off and I tell them, um, you know, I, I just kind of say who we are, who I am, and I share our story, you know, as briefly as I can, just so that they know um, that we've been there in some capacity. And I think f- when we lost Mariah, um, I, I noticed like people either either some people didn't really approach us at all or some people did and you know there was that they kind of felt awkward and they didn't know what to say but I learned quickly that anything whether it was asking about um how I was doing or remembering you know when when the the baby's due date approaches um that was a first date that was you know hard to get past we lost Mariah on February 2nd and then March 22nd was her due date so when March 22nd came, um, came across and I just, I kind of felt this, this heaviness and this loneliness and nobody really knew officially what her due date was. I don't know if I had maybe never shared it. I don't know. And I just remember feeling lonely. So I thought, okay, you know, not at that time when it happened, but later on when I looked back, you know, pretty soon after I was, I was able to just recognize that if, when that happened to somebody else that that's when I would reach out to them. I mean, not, not just then, but I'd make sure to reach out to them then on, you know, anniversaries or the day of the month. So, if, you know, we lost Mariah on February 2nd. So, you know, on March 2nd, like if somebody reached out to us and they just remembered, you know, a month goes by, two months go by, life goes on and people so easily, it's natural. Life, life is going to go on. But um, so I always told them, the story and that I'm praying for them. And, and I always put in there, um, every time I word it differently, but just letting them know that I'm not trying to say like, I know exactly what you're going through, but just know that, um, we've, we've lost a child as well. And, and we're praying for you and with you. And if they're Catholic, 
um, I'll say just rejoicing that we know that the baby um, is in heaven and we have this prayer, you know, this intercessor. And um, we, we were one of the first in our community to have suffered loss. And then it was just kind of crazy. In, in the following years, we had a, a friends who lost a two-year-old daughter. She just didn't wake up. And then we had friends who lost a seven-month-old little baby girl, little Kate, who um, had heart surgery and never came out of the surgery. Oh, yeah. And we had um, friends who, at 20 weeks, they found out that their baby was not going um, to live full term. If she was born, she wasn't going to live very long. And, you know, many people told them, you know, just go ahead and abort. And um, they carried their baby to term and baby Kana lived for, I believe it was 27 hours. And um, so we kind of, uh, my friend Christine or Christina, um, we call her Chris, she said we kind of paved the way. And so they kind of watched how we did it, how we went through it. And um, and so I, I reached out to them knowing that other people might not because you don't know what to say. Um, but people seem to be a little bit more, um, it does, it's not as weird, I guess, when we approach them because they know we're not just speaking out of, you know, we just want to say something, but I want to, I want to say that you don't have to be, you don't have to have experienced that to reach out to somebody. Because for me, the biggest things were just people asking how we were, or just saying that we remember, or, um, we're thinking of, you know, we're thinking of you because a lot of times um, I made the mistake when our, our friends who lost the two-year-old, um, I didn't know how to reach out exactly because I didn't want them to think that I knew what they were going through because it was very different. Um, you know, the loss of a child is still a, a, a terrible loss, but they had known her for two years. Um, we never met our daughter. You know, she was, she was stillborn. Um, so it was and I, and I always regretted that. And I, and I've, I've shared that with her since then. Um, but just saying, I, I wish I would have reached out more because I was one of the only ones who did know suffering in any, you know, out of her friends in, in any capacity. So be, having reached out in any way would have meant a ton. Um, and I had reached out to them, but just not as much as, as I do now. So, um, so yeah, just telling them that praying for them and telling them our story and, um, you're not alone and there's, there's hope and there's grace. And then I, I tell them the rest of our story, which, um, is just how God has continued giving life to our family and, um, just the hope that he's given us and, um, and just letting them know, you know, during times like this, you can either, you grow closer or, or times like this can pull you apart. And just that my prayers for them are that they would draw near to Christ and nearer to each other. Um, so yeah, <laughs> another long answer. <laughs> Today we have someone special to thank. Luke, who are we thanking? CatholicMatch.com. Catholic Match is awesome. That is a place where you, as a single Catholic, can get connected with other Catholics in order to build community. Who knows? Start new relationships, go out on dates. It's good fun. Uh, Luke, you've used Catholic Match before, right? As a lot of you guys know, I spent time out uh, in some pretty small, isolated places where it was really hard to find Catholic girls that I would be interested if they were even there at all. And so Catholic Match really provided me an 
and opportunity to date some amazing women. You're going to get from Catholic Match what other websites and online dating services can't get you because the word Catholic caters specifically to those who value their faith. They design their tools for Catholics who are interested in dating and marriage. This is about people who want to build honest communities. So how can you help us out and join Catholic Match? Well, we've got you guys set. You're going to see a link in our show notes, which is that information in the app that you are listening to this podcast on, or even in the description of other podcasts. Click that link, and that's going to bring you to other website, and that's going to help us support our show. So please click on the link that's either in the show notes or it's on the website that you're hearing this great podcast on. Exactly, and you can find the show notes at www.layevangelist.com slash catching foxes. Now, you can go to catholicmatch.com. We want to drive as much traffic there as possible, but the only way we get credit for it is if you click that link because it'll bring it back to us. So we want to thank Catholic Match for sponsoring us. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Suffering is so isolating when you're the one going through it. Um, Yes. You know, you sit there and when you're, I, I remember that for me, my pain was emotional, right? I had broken up with Shannon, who's now my wife, so happy ending. But uh, we broke up and then I desperately tried to get back together with her. And she said, now it's me saying no to you. And I was like, no, no, that's not how this story is supposed to be written. It's supposed to be written with you saying, oh, thank God I've been waiting for you, you know, and all this stuff. But I married a much stronger woman than that. So um, <laughs> she just got up the table and walked away. And thank God Luke was the guy on the couch at that time because I cried. I had something in my eye Aww. around Luke. For yeah, Luke got me through that. Luke and uh, wow. Shane Claiborne and me without you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I, but when you're, so, I'll never forget this one time when I'm talking with a previous guy that we interviewed, brother Peter Francis, and I'm in my house and he's listening to me. We're in our apartment. We all live together and I'm talking to him and he's like, you just have to move on. And I look at him and I, I wanted to hit him in the face. I wanted to shake him violently. And I just wanted him to understand like, I don't even know what those words mean. Like, mm-hmm. I am so, like, de- but the, the thing about suffering is it's isolating because no one else can, like, you said it, like, I don't know what, exactly what you're going through, but, and that's the thing, like, you can't share your suffering with someone else. You, the only thing, I mean, like, you can't, like, let someone in on how you're, like, subjectively how you're experiencing sure. it. Sure, And so you can, suffering will isolate you from other people, um, and then it, it, it drives you, like, into yourself so you're, you're you end up being like oh you know like oh wh- why is this happening to me and you can become very me centered in that yeah and to me the amazing thing is you have someone who has been through and and been through it like they went not just to hell but through hell and came out the other side you know yeah. um or or not hell but purgatory because there was always hope um this notion that you're writing a letter to a woman that you don't know, that you're sharing your story, your suffering, your pain, and then letting her know, but, and, and I know you're suffering right now, but there is hope. I, I yeah. just think that to me for suffering, like the, the, the thing that we need to do as Christians is to not stand away from it, to not mm-hmm. let other people suffer alone because suffering's so hard to deal with. Yeah. That you just want to be like, come on, move on. You know, <laughs> the a new day will come. But you're not doing that. You're saying there is a, a sun will rise on the horizon eventually. But I know what you're going through. Like, yeah. I've been there with you. 
and I know Luke with with your dad, um, the the loss that you, of your dad that Luke shared on a previous episode. Like Luke, what was it for you that helped you through these specific moments of your life, like that time? Um, I think one thing is coming uh, um, to mind was I got a call from one of our older house of brothers, Mark, and I know Mark kind of well. I mean, um, we we are buddies. I I don't is think that Mark Moran. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't think we'll believe I... his last name. Well, no, it's fine. I don't I'm know. I'm so, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm no, 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 no. It's fine. That's a running um, joke on our show, which you'd know if you'd listen. But whatever, whatever. <laughs> You're busy. My I mean, whatever. work won't allow me to st- just say my last name because. Okay. I'm sorry. Oh no, it's fine because the Catholic Church is weird like that. Anyways, <laughs> um, when you when you like may or may not work for an for an archdiocese. Um, Anyways, uh, he called me and we had, we probably talked for about an hour and he told me about how he lost his parents and, and just the fact that like this guy that like, I knew him, but I didn't like know him. I mean, no, I don't, we don't call and just say, Hey, how's life? Um, to hear his, to hear his story and to know that he was okay was very encouraging because, um, I always equate it back to like if if anyone ever like asked me like what does this feel like, I was having a hard time explaining it until I saw an episode of How I Met Your Mother. Oh, and Marshall's dad dies, and he goes uh, when he, when he hears about it, he just stops and goes, "I'm not ready for this." Or something along those lines. And I remember just just kind of like I got this like pit in my stomach and I got all these knots and I almost I almost got choked up because I was like, that's exactly what that feels like. And it's just quiet and it's just empty and you're just like, I don't know how to handle this. I'm not ready for this. Someone tell me what to do. And when a person not when they're like over you going, you know, you need to do this, this and that, and you know, like XYZ and you're fine, but when they, you know, uh, when uh, they uh, provide hope, that's, I don't know, that uh, for me was just like huge. Yeah. When they're not over you telling you to get over it, but come alongside you and saying, yeah, we're going to walk through you know, this. Yeah. And like, I mean, I really equated to when our buddy, so uh, we had a really good friend of ours who passed away in uh, 2006. And I just remember. I was just, you know, like I would trade in all of the good stuff that came out of that to have him back. But what an amazing experience we had because we all lost a good friend. You know, like so it was just like there was a lot of great stuff that came out of that through other conversations and just, the, you know, I mean, there's a lot of horrible things as well that I these are a bunch of memories that I wish I didn't have. But there was. It's 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 insane how when when horrible stuff happens, there can still be truth, goodness, and beauty. Yeah, I think that's that's what people. That's one of the things I want to share because you know we we survived it. You've survived the loss of your the loss of your father, you know, and it's there is that hope there, and we are so blessed with our with our faith, just the the hope of heaven. You know, when I, I don't know how people who don't, um, who don't have any faith at all, I don't know how they do get through that time because that's, you know, Ben, Ben wasn't the one, I mean, he obviously, God allowed him to, 
to walk with me and help carry me. But ultimately it's, it's God who carried me and, you know, Ben and I were walking together um, and surviving together. But when, if people don't have any faith um, or any religion or anything, I, it's amazing to me and it's heartbreaking to me to think, how do they get through that? And that's when I think, you know, marriages fall apart, families fall apart because you can't, we can't do it on our own. We don't, you know, what would we hope for? Who would be our hope? Um, And that's, I think just just re- so people remember and they're reminded of the fact that they're not alone. And it's hard because, you know, people will <laughs> a lot of times we, you, you hear like it's it's part of God's plan or there's a reason for it. And um, in the whole scheme of things, sure, true. You know, I, I don't want to you know be say negative about that, but it's just I'm like at the end of the day, it we are, you know, God does have a plan for our lives. But like is his plan for us to suffer heartache? Well, no, that's not if people don't understand fully what that means, that could be hard to hear because then it's kind of like, well, I guess I should be dealing with it better if it's part of God's plan and I'm suffering. So maybe it's not, you know, but we know, we know better. And we know that, um, that there is that hope, the sun, you know, the joy comes in the morning and maybe it it might not come tomorrow morning so quickly after a loss, but, um, but it does come and um, just that surrendering to, and Karen, picking up the cross, I guess I, I, we were talking about tattoos earlier with with a friend of, about a friend of ours, and I um, I I was a late bloomer to tattoos. I got one when I when I was thirty nice. on my left shoulder, but it was um, it's a tattoo of a cross, and nobody ever sees it. It's it was more for me and um, just the cross that I was carrying at that time, because we if we pick up our crosses and we walk with them, God. God uses it so beautifully. And that's, that's part of the reason why I do love to reach out to, to these women, because there is, um, there's reason for the suffering and there's, there's beauty in the redemptive, you know, the redemptive suffering that we can have and the power of those prayers during that time. And you are um, those women's Simon of Cyrene. Absolutely. Like you're the person that comes alongside them and just helps them carry the cross. I think that is, amazing yeah um, that's awesome how um well i kind of cut off okay, Gomer for the hundredth time it's um, okay. It's okay. i have a two-part question um for uh, the husbands who are experiencing this that's um, what i was gonna ask yeah exactly. how do you like how can so if we have so like we we have a lot of listeners for some odd for some odd reason i don't understand what is wrong with any of you but Anyways, um, if, if, you know, um, we have a, a husband, if we have a father who is hearing this and he is, he is experiencing this right now, one being, how can he be there for, for his wife? And then how should he try to process this? Wow. <clears throat> That's a hard one. Um, I was talking to somebody and I can't think of who it was, but it was a couple of weeks ago. And we were talking about when I lost Mariah, um, I was in my appointment and two days later is when I delivered her. So, you know, I was carrying her and, um, and I remember going through different emotions and thinking, um, I was like, why isn't Ben like crying the way I am? And why isn't he sobbing the way I am? And it was neat because he just was this with, was this strength. But I, I realized that, there was a different bond that I did have with Mariah that he hadn't had yet, just simply because I'd, I'd felt her kicking, you know, I'd carried her 
under my heart for seven and a half months. And um, the bond with the fathers tends to come, you know, you know, they're feeling the baby kicking, but um, that's why it's so important when Ben comes home, he, he plays with the kids and he's rolling around with them because I'm home that whole time with them. And he missed out on that. So he, um, for me, he just, he just listened because I think there is a different, there was suffering on both parts, obviously. Um, but there was some stuff that he didn't fully, he couldn't fully grasp. And I think maybe he felt guilty or bad about that because, um, we both suffered the loss of our child, but I kind of outwardly showed it a little bit more and he was just more quiet about it, but he just, he walked with me. So I think for the husbands, especially if, if they're not feeling, um, like he suffered with us, he, he wasn't, I called, he was with our friend Charlie and they were at, um, or he wasn't with Charlie. He, he worked with our friend Charlie and Ben was at a high school and he had our oldest daughter who was just three at the time. He had Hannah with him. They were visiting high school students and I was at the office and I called and he didn't even know we were having a girl. Everybody else knew, but he didn't want to know. Um, and I remember, I think at that moment was kind of when it all sank in for him when I shared with him that we had lost her and, and he just, when I think of how he was just, just present and he let me talk as I'm a talker, as you can see, um, he just let me talk and he let me cry and he held me and he, he, to me was like Jesus present on earth. Um, because we, you know, we know, we know God, our father loves us and is there for us. But Ben was like the arms that, that you can't feel. Um, and he, uh, or Christ's arms that, that you can't feel. But um, knowing that every woman's going to experience it differently too, because I've had friends who people have said to her, um, it's kind of time to move on. And just knowing that there's, there's really no, like we lost Mariah 10 years ago and we still celebrate her birthday and we still acknowledge her, her life. And I don't cry the way that I used to cry but there's still that loss there and there's still that, you know, she would, she would have been 10 this year. But, um, for the dads, the husbands, the, you know, fathers, just to, to love them, to listen, to, um, to know that the timing is going to be different from up for everybody. But, um, and then there's also the crazy, lovely hormones that they're not going to experience. <laughs> they, you know, we, we deliver a child and normally, you know, you're having crazy hormones, but at least you have the baby home with you. And that was huge too, because, my hormones were crazy. And that's when I actually, for the first time I had said earlier, how, when I was pregnant with girls, um, lovely pregnancies, but then after my hormones were crazy. And I think it was for me, maybe the estrogen in the body, like extra estrogen is, was all of a sudden gone. And, um, that was the first time that I actually was okay taking some medication because I didn't have a beautiful baby to, to carry. And, um, it was just, you know, suffering and then hormones and, and I had two little ones at the time. Michaela was 13 months old, 14 months old, and Hannah was um, three. So it was busy and it was crazy. And um, so I don't know. It, it would be uh, – I wish – I'm like, I should grab Ben and be like, Ben, how, how was the experience for you? But um, It's hard. To, it's, it's, it is. It's yeah. so unique for everyone. But for men, they have that distance. Mm -hmm. You know, it wasn't their body, you know. Yeah. Um, but they still suffer. Yeah. And uh, for us in our story, we 
named our child, um, our first boy, Noah. So I got to name the girl, the first girl, Kateri. And usually it's the opposite, right? The men name the boys. And the women. <laughs> but I love the name Kateri. And I always thought that if I always thought I was going to be a priest. So if I ever had a kid, though, I said, I want to name her Kateri after St. Kateri Tekawitha. And yeah. um, Shannon, when we were dating, before we ever even talked about marriage, she said, listen, if we ever get married and have a kid and it's a boy, his name is Noah. <laughs> I was like, uh, okay. And then she told me the, the story. Now, Shannon has an amazing family. Her mom and dad are incredible. The all she has seven or six brothers and sisters. She's number two wow. of seven. Um, great family. Um, Shannon also was your husband's boss for a year. She took Charlie's <laughs> place. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, Shannon's mom uh, had several miscarriages. But after each miscarriage, she immediately had another child. She got pregnant with another child, mm-hmm. except for one miscarriage. She It was a little bit later term than the rest. The rest were very early. Um, so, you know, the, the trauma of, of passing a child and all that stuff, it was minimized for the others except for this one. And Shannon's mom's dad is a, is a troubled individual. Um, he is not a pleasant man, though he can have his moments. At our wedding, he bought a brand new suit, um, came, was stellar. Every time I've met him, he's been on his best behavior. <laughs> um, but And right now, keep him in your prayers. He's yeah. more or less dying. And my wife is suffering with not being able to be there, but also like this disconnect with this relationship and all this stuff. But this one moment that I think of, she lost the child. They found out it was a boy. It didn't have a name picked out or anything. And Shannon's mom's dad, Shannon's mom went into a, a pretty big depression. Mm-hmm. Shannon's mom's dad showed up at the house one day and came to her, found out because he had heard how depressed she was. And he came to her and said, Anastasia, I want you to know his name was Noah. He doesn't do this. Like ever, wow. and he's and he's like his name is Noah. Wow, this incredibly tender moment. So down through the years, you know, they have Christmas stockings for the kids they lost. Um, and so they have names for the kids, and Noah was his name. And um, Shannon has said, I always. She told her older brother who got married first, and then her younger brother who got married second, because Shannon dated someone like me who doesn't know how to get married, and, uh, and said, <laughs> "I just <laughs> we broke up like seven times, but only six of them were my fault." All of our listeners oh. are going to know like every detail of all of this by the time that our podcast is like finally I done. I know, I know. But at, in the end, I. Um, when Shannon told them all, she said, no one is to have a son named Noah. She I claimed wanted... it. Yeah, she <laughs> claimed it. And she and they were like, why? What's the big deal? And she said, I want to give my mom a Noah to oh. hold. Oh, oh, wow. So the coolest thing was. So <laughs> I'm, yeah, I I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> <laughs> fine. <laughs> she gives. So we have Noah uh, in uh, the Monday of Thanksgiving. Thank you for C-sections that are planned and NFP that works like a charm. Uh, <laughs> Shannon planned it so I could maximize my time off. We drove up for Christmas. So a month later, we drove up, and Shannon got to give her mom her Noah. Oh, beautiful. And the craziest thing that we never anticipated was Shannon's dad. Just Shannon's like, I never once thought he lost his Noah, too. Yeah. And now he... and. 
more than he was for our two girls, he held on to Noah the whole time. Oh, how and beautiful. Wow. And I don't know if you would ask him, he'd be like, oh, yeah, totally. Like, I miss my Noah. Like, I don't know if, but just seeing it, we all, me and Shannon especially, and Shannon's sister, Rosemary, we're all just like, there's something different with this. This is this is a new thing. Like, he's, he's, he's a sweet guy, but uh, the this, the way he was with Noah night and day different and you just think like the healing that we need sometimes it comes sometimes in doses you know like we get the healing that we need at the time to move on so shannon's mom got something beautiful from her father that has that that you would never predict would ever have happened the unexpected healing you know like the unexpected gift of now you're talking something that's like 25 years later to a person that we weren't even thinking about needed yeah. something and and he probably didn't even know he needed it you know because it was so external from him and then to be able to watch my father-in-law bounce a noah <laughs> a baby Noah on his knee was cool i mean it was a gift that i don't even know how to describe you know to put into words so i'm just kind of not talk anymore so i can <laughs> mute my microphone <laughs> oh that's awesome that is so cool i'm so glad that none of her siblings had a noah before you guys did (laughs) because my sister still says that i stole the name hannah grace from her i'm like you know what you had a daughter first so why did you have an ella christine if you claim hannah grace so that's like our running thing but what is noah's middle name is it joseph no thomas no 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 all of our boys have the middle name joseph and all of our girls have the middle name marie yeah, we yeah. uh serious? Yeah, my <laughs> Hi I'm Luke, the friend. guy who been friends with that's why you're not a godfather, Luke. And that right there is why you're not a godfather. And David Hust is, okay. <laughs> <laughs> He'll actually pray. Like Maria Walther, he will actually pray for my no. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That was rude of me. Um No no no. Very valid. <laughs> my dad, um <laughs> in my family <laughs> very valid. In my family, there are three boys. I'm the youngest, uh, and the most spoiled and the most entitled. And uh <laughs> The All of our boys have the middle name Joseph. And so my dad, I don't think he was very religious growing up. I mean, his father left, abandoned his family, had started a new family in the 50s. My grandmother was a divorced woman. You know, that's like crazy wow. in the Catholic Church, you know, right? Um, and so she had to raise like six kids by herself, five kids by herself. I, I don't, so consequently, I don't really know my aunts and uncles very well because um, they were raised in such abject poverty. Um, but my dad, I asked him one day, I said, dad, why did you give us all the middle name Joseph? Like, I I mean, I know you named us after St. Joseph, but why? Like you, you weren't like when Brian was born, my oldest brother, who's 10 years older than me, my next brother, Chris is two years older than me. I said, you, you know, you weren't really like super into your faith. And he just said, I was, I knew I couldn't do this alone. Like, I don't know how to be a father because I didn't really have one. And he's like, and I couldn't do this alone. So I asked, you know, the foster father of Christ, who better to go to? And wow. so I named you all Joseph, and your mom was all for that. Um, and I'm the, and so my oldest brother, Brian, he has eight kids. Um, someone should tell him how that works. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he has eight kids, and uh, they, they miscarried only one wow. out, of all, out of that whole time. But um, he didn't do the Joseph thing. I thought he would. But I ended up carrying that tradition, and we were going to name all of our girls Mary. When I proposed to Shannon, I said, get this line. You might want to write this down if you're single. <laughs> Every Joseph needs his Mary. Yeah. Uh-huh. 
But of course, that was the the. How'd that work out for you? Yeah, no, she refused me and gave me <laughs> back my ring. Um, told you it was a right. It was a dark time for Uncle Gomer. Uh, <laughs> every detail, every, everyone's gonna know one day, one day. But she, uh, so we were gonna name all Mary and all Joseph, and then I was like, well, the first girl's gonna be Katiri. And Shannon's like, Katiri Mary. That's stupid. We'll go with Katiri Marie. So now all of our girls are middle name Marie and all oh, of our boys beautiful. Joseph. But my wife's middle name is Marie, not Mary. So when she oh, hated perfect. Yeah, well, she hated her middle name. And she's like, why didn't you just name me Mary? And I don't know. It's weird. My wife's weird. But uh, she doesn't listen, so I can say that. <laughs> I'm going to yeah, tell so, her to listen. Yeah. No, don't. 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 <laughs> don't. Because things could happen. We'd have to go see a counselor. <laughs> uh, <laughs> she might give you the ring back. No, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> Again. Too late, honey. Too late. There were like seven priests at our marriage, uh, at our wedding. <laughs> There's no annulment there. <laughs> I joke with her all the time because when we got married, Shannon said, you know, the you know, our pastor, Father Tom, my pastor, was like, you know, doing the vows. And he said, for richer, for poorer, better, worse. And Shannon goes, literally, she made a joke out of our vows. And she goes, for richer, and for poorer. <laughs> I remember that. And she mumbled, and for poorer. And everyone got a good laugh. And I'm just staring at her the whole time going, you know, that's grounds for annulment. You know <laughs> that is grounds for annulment. Because you've got to be poor because I work for the church, right? <laughs> oh. oh, sadness. So now you have big, beautiful family. What are you up to now? Um, I mean, obviously, you're Facebooking like crazy. The funniest thing with you, Marie, <laughs> is that I, I contact you. Like, I'll send you a Facebook message as I'm going to bed at midnight, and you'll reply at 1 o'clock in the morning or 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. You're like, hey, yeah, that'd be great. I'll see you Wednesday. And I'm like, either well, she's a night owl or she's feeding a kid. Uh, yeah. The ba- well, the baby, he has a he has a onesie. Ben actually wants a onesie. I might get him one for Christmas. <laughs> my husband anyway that's a whole other story my um canaan has a onesie that says um party in my crib at 2 a.m or something but so yeah i have i have the phone near me because i always feel like there's there's somebody that is you know needing to pray at a certain time or but also it's my alarm clock as well because uh we don't have clocks in our house really that work but um but i'll see a message and so yeah well that's when i do it because otherwise during the day um, I have to be, I have to really make a point to like put the phone down because that's one of the things that can be distracting is I'm, you know, I'm doing a prayer request, but then there's my family in front of me and I need to make sure that it's not like, I don't want them to be the kids that are like, yeah, mom was always praying for other people, but like we were feeding ourselves. <laughs> Shut up, Hannah. Mama's yes, got to yes, pray. Yes. <laughs> True story. <laughs> you need to eat again? Well, geez. What's for dinner, mom? I yeah. have cereal. I have, cereal. I've honestly cereal. had the thought about like once we have kids of like, well, I remember to feed them. Like it genuinely <laughs> scares me. Like I forget to feed myself. Yeah, it's true. Well, now we have a 13-year-old and an 11-year-old who like to cook, so it's great. Oh, oh nice. That's awesome. It's a whole other – you know, I remember when we had – I guess we never had four under five or four or five and under, but um, – Oh, you did it the right way then. Enough, okay. Yeah. <laughs> when, but then when they get old enough to babysit, you know, just for short periods of time. I can't wait. Um, it's beautiful. Like you're not taking everybody to go to get milk because I ran out of milk. I'm, I'm like, okay, I'll be home in 10 minutes. Yeah. And it's it's a whole beautiful story. I took I took Katiri, Cecilia, and Noah, the three oldest, left the baby with mommy. I took them all to their first. Well, some of them their second, but their second they were the first. They actually wigged out, and we left after fifteen minutes. Their first high school football game. Oh, fun! In Texas, which is a pretty big deal, right? Yeah. So, and I wanted them to stay until halftime so that they they could also see the band and the cheerleaders and all that stuff. 
And uh, so I took them all. Within 15 minutes, I was sweating profusely, <laughs> cursing under my breath, and asking God, why would he allow me to make such a stupid decision? <laughs> and I'm texting my wife, and she's like, well, do you want me to come get them? And, I'm, and I didn't want to admit defeat. Yes. <laughs> but the the the, sit, the seats in the stands, I had a stroller. I had to just leave it down at the bottom of the stands. <laughs> And then I had to carry them halfway up a huge high school Texas football stadium. And oh, then gosh. after we get seated, we're finally still, Cecilia says, I have to go to the bathroom. Yep. I can't leave a one-and-a-half-year-old and a, a five-year-old. <laughs> oh, it's the worst. It's oh, my the gosh. Worst. I don't know what I was thinking. It, but you know what? They stayed until the end of the halftime show. <gasps> wow. And we all had a good time. And uh, I only cussed like 50 or 60 times. Under my breath. So that's that's a win. I mean, that's like an episode of Catching Foxes. So <laughs> pretty much, actually. Pretty this is the cleanest episode that, we, that, we, that we've ever done. And the last episode, we interviewed a priest. So that's yeah. saying something. <laughs> Still cussed with him. So um, we're coming up here on a, on yeah. about an hour or so. So I don't want to keep you too late. But, but I do have um, another question. And sure. I promise it is short. As as um, an individual who's, you know, um, I just got married. I'm about to have kids. You know, we're going to have kids. At least that is a plan. What? <laughs> you know how that happens, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, but like at times, like when I hear those stories, mm-hmm. um, it, it terrifies me. So like as, as a person who like, you know, like I do plan on having kids, like how, not that that would stop me, but it does scare me. Are there any like words of encouragement? Gosh, just asking God to to deepen your your trust and your faith because I you know we we've lost two one at seven weeks and then one at thirty three mm-hmm. weeks and I remember when we lost when we lost one at seven weeks um, I thought okay the next time we got pregnant just we just have to get past that point yeah but then to lose one at thirty three weeks I'm like that's the whole pregnancy I'm like uh, Lord yeah. how am I going to do that um, so I had to enter into that just going okay Lord you know your will be done and and I know I'm like. I know he knows my heart and I don't want to go through that again. But the biggest thing, I think it's, you know, you hear it, you know, fear not. It's, uh, somebody was just posting on Facebook and I, I had heard this years ago, but that it, it's written in the Bible 365 times, I believe, in some form like fear not or be not afraid. Mm-hmm. One for every day of the year. Um, easier said than done, I know. But knowing and trusting that, um, you know, God forbid anything would happen. Um, that God, that he's going to take care of you. So like, there's that, there's that relief there, I guess. I mean, that's not, that's not the words you want to hear, but, mm-hmm. but knowing that, yeah, um, it makes sense. you just, just giving it to him. And it's again, easier said than done, but we've been pregnant eight times and, you know, losing two of them. Um, it was, it's, it was a very difficult time, but there was such joy that came from it after like we've, we wouldn't have had, you know, we would have just had Hannah when you, when you look at it in terms of, um, you know, eggs and babies and cycles, um, you know, we probably, we would have had different, okay. We wouldn't have just had Hannah, but different children. We wouldn't have the children that we had. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think just, just asking God in your daily prayer and praying, you know, put, lay your hands on her belly and, and pray together and ask God for, um, for peace. I think that's the biggest thing too, because I have some friends who are newly pregnant after having um, suffered some great losses and scared to death. They're excited, but they weren't actually thinking that this is, you know, was the plan for them. And then they find out they're pregnant and they're so excited, but they're terrified. 
And um, I just said, you know, it's hard to say just trust because things happen, but um, but truly just just knowing that God's that God's got you, and we just have to pray for that we'd be willing to to be willing to walk and take up the cross and whether the cross is, you know, one thing or another, um, that, that God's got you. So that's, that's a silly. Well, no, I know. That's awesome. But, you know, I know what it's like to be scared and, uh, you can't just say, don't be scared because we're, we're human. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, remembering that God tells us not to be afraid and he'll take care of everything. Yeah. And the interesting thing is he'll, when you say that he'll take care of everything, that doesn't. This is the this is the bridge that people have a hard time crossing. Yes, he'll yes. take care of everything. Doesn't necessarily mean you're not going to miscarry or yes have a stillborn. Yeah. And that's the part that people can't reconcile. Yes, you know, like we were talking earlier. There's there's this woman that came into my office and she asked about suffering, and she told me that her son perfectly happy, perfectly healthy, normal child, five years old genes click in he has a disease called fires and immediately now he's essentially uh non-responsive in a you know one of those chairs that every part oh, you know, his head all the way down yeah and they don't know how long he'll live he'll live um his you know they don't live very long but he was a totally normal child and she's like i want you to watch this powerpoint i didn't know why she was in my office so i'm looking at this powerpoint her and her kids, her and her kids, her and her kids, laughing. All these two brothers are so funny. All these great pictures, all this great. Then my son was diagnosed with this disease because he, his legs wouldn't work, and then his arms wouldn't work, and then he couldn't, you know, talk, and then he's in a coma, and then, and you're like, oh my god! And she's like, that happened over three days, and you're like, oh my what? god! Oh my what gosh. are you? Like, a, and it wasn't he got infected with a thing. It wasn't. This was just something a ticking time bomb genetically. And so she looked at me and she said, the hardest thing for me is the gift shop in our hospital says, um, uh, miracles are given to those who have true faith. Ooh. And Ooh. for her, <laughs> and she's yeah. like, now I know that God is sovereign, that he could choose to heal or not. Yes. And she said, but if my son's going to be healed in heaven <laughs> and have the resurrection of the body and all those things. Why can't he do it now and let me have my son? Yeah. And I'm like, and I'm looking at you know, and she's like, does he? And she's one of the. I was going to ask you this earlier, but you, you kind of already answered it. You, where she's like, does God have a plan? Did God plan for my son to get fires so that I am hurt and he is, you know, he's hurt and the struggle for our family? And I'm like, uh, yeah, because people go for simple answers, and I, my answer to her was, I have no answers. I can't answer why. Yeah, but I do know that. To run away from God doesn't answer anything. It doesn't solve anything. And to stay with God is ultimately the only thing that will give you a solution. But it might not be here and now. Yeah. You know, to say, I hate, I reject the belief in the existence of a God because of evil, you're literally, you're cut, or not literally, you're cutting off your nose to spite your face, right? Like you're getting the, rid of the only solution to that problem. But at the same time, it's still a problem, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's a... That's hard. I I remember when we lost a teen at St. Lawrence and there oh, were a bunch yeah. of people praying in the um, adoration chapel. And I remember them saying like, you know, gosh, I can't think of what social media we had then. It might have been um, MySpace. MySpace. Oh, my. <laughs> I was like, I, no, no, I MySpace. remember all of this. 
Oh, and and I remember some of the comments that were be that were um, as they were finding out that she was um, she wasn't doing well. The kids were like, "Everybody, get in the adoration chapel, pray, pray, Satan's winning, yeah. so we've got to pray harder." And I thought, no, 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 that her dying is not Satan winning. So it's hard, you know, and it was just youth, you know, a, mm-hmm. a young, and that's how they saw it. But I was like, because it's not a matter of, you know, I, I put out these Facebook prayer requests and it's not like if one more person prays, <laughs> we're going to get the answer that we want. But, um, and that's hard because I would love to see a modern day miracle, um, you know, in, in, so often, so often you don't, or you don't recognize it. I guess, it, you know, modern day miracle in the sense of like, they go in, they have, they're dying of cancer and then the x-ray shows nothing, like everything's gone. Um, and it happens, but I, I've, I've never experienced it like on a personal level, knowing somebody firsthand. But uh, that's hard because people, people will ask or they will feel like um, why, with our, with our dear friends, uh, Courtney and Jeremy, I remember thinking, um, Lord, like we would love to see baby Margaret um, healed completely. God, you can do it. And everybody was praying and they were holding out for hoping and we were hoping and praying. And she did receive the miracle of healing. It just wasn't here. And it's hard to, yeah. it's yeah. hard to embrace that. But the beauty of our faith, again, it doesn't make life perfect or life easy. But um, it's not how we wanted to see it end. But then to know that there's just this new beginning and this new chapter, a new story, and it's you know it's still it's very fresh and and still very hard for for them and for those who love them dearly. But um, oh, so it's <laughs> I don't like I don't like when people you know when they ask like if you know if you pray a little harder because that's not how God. Yeah. It's easy to think that that's how maybe He would work, but that's not mm-hmm. how it works. Right. Yeah. I. Uh, yeah. My favorite thing about when was my daughter's response because we were all praying for margaret and we were all so excited uh for our friends and then when we found out you know all these complications and all this stuff um my daughter we pray a little litany of the saints when they go to bed at night and it's literally just their name you know every the family's names um and then my kateri added of her own volition (laughs) added um saint margaret ann Oh wow! Pray for us, oh. and this is you know this is last year. She's four year old. Like it, it, it was crazy. You know, and it, she probably heard mommy say, you know, this is at you know she's up in heaven now or whatever. And but she just said that, and it was it was such a powerful reminder to me. And then my son uh, Thomas, you know, his first mass was our friend's funeral mass. You know, I remember seeing that. Yeah, yeah, and I just. You know, it's these things, these profound moments of suffering where it either draws you to God or it flings you away and um, or or it reveals where you already are even, you know, with your suffering. Like, where am I with you, God? Are you because part of it is like, OK, God, I believe in you. I love you. Do this for me now, you know, <laughs> and for our friends, I prayed like, God, they're such good people they yeah. deserve this been waiting for so long yeah, and i were and, thinking yes. that too and yeah. i re- and i have there's this other girl who's um that maria you actually probably know who's a drug addict who's had several kids has yes. no problem churning out kids and neglecting them yeah. and all this stuff and you know we're trying to find a, a long-term home for this person and or for these, their kids and you're like why lord why <laughs> you know and it, yeah. it, we end up we all become like 
works righteousness people when it comes to suffering you know he like it, it does it reveals our heart where we're like well we did all these good things and it's not like i want heaven i want you to fix my life now you know yeah. and that's the caution that comes with it. it's like are you going to trust me through this or are you going to walk away from me because of this and uh, i think god gives us all the grace to do that yeah. i have never been more convinced that god existed then like when i then when i found out that uh, my dad died of just like more like utter like because because um i have i have struggled a lot uh, with um uh, with doubt and i just remember being so that was the furthest thing on my mind like it was like i saw everything exactly how it you know like actually was and it was it was crazy how that could happen in that moment because you'd think that would that would be the time that i'd be like well this is just done but it was like nope like it was the exact opposite actually yeah. oh that's awesome so seeing as how we've hit the 100 and like 30 minute mark 100 <laughs> one hour one hour and 30 minute mark, 130 minute there you go that's words um the one hour and 30 minute mark um Maria, where can people find you? Um, do you have a Twitter handle, um, Instagram, you said? Where can people find you if they want, honestly, I'm if they on, want prayer or what? I'm on Instagram. I'm trying to think of what my name is. Let me look. <laughs> <laughs> you mean you're on not Instagram. like us and you don't I'll constantly tell it to people <laughs> repeatedly? No, uh, in, Maria Mama um, 8. <laughs> Maria Mama 8. I like how there were seven other people that had that name. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it was Maria Mama 7, and then I switched it to 8. Like, oh, my number has just uh, changed. Uh, so it yeah. was like, it was originally just how many were in our family, and then now it's like turned into like how many kids that we've, or how many souls we've had. So Mama with two M's, M-A-M-M-A. <laughs> and then on, on Facebook, um, just, I think it's just Maria Novicki is my maiden name. So I, don't, I think people should be able to search me okay. Sometimes people will go to Ben and then friend request me from him, like from his friend group. It's probably time think... that you set up a page, just your own <laughs> independent page that anyone can follow. You don't have to do a friend request. <laughs> or feel free to keep it personal and just keep doing what you're doing. No, no. <laughs> we Now we're selling it and we're selling, selling it. it. <laughs> and now it's a Jurassic Park quote. Uh if uh yeah and another thing you know um we hear we've had other people in the past that have said you know if you want an experience of god or something like that or you want to know that people have your back uh you know message me uh, david van vickle said that if you need prayer requests you know our facebook page you can message us privately um our Facebook page, you can post things on there. We want you to know that this is not just a bunch of idiots talking and, <laughs> with a guest named Maria. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you're not the idiot. Uh, but we're not just we, – we honestly believe that this is something that we hope can bless people's lives and change people's lives forever because that's what we do. Um, but, to, yeah, if you have prayer requests, things that are going on, feel free to send it our way. Right, Luke? Absolutely, yeah. So you can find me at Lay Evangelist on Twitter and Luke at the Luke V. Um, and our Facebook page, Luke, is uh, Catching Foxes Podcast. And then, uh, oh, sorry, it, um, it's Facebook.com slash Catching Foxes Podcast. And we're also on Instagram as oh, Catching nice. underscore Foxes. Catching underscore Foxes on Instagram. And we're on 
Twitter at oh. CFox's podcast. <laughs> what else am I trying to do to get people to listen? www.layevangelist.com slash catching foxes. Oh, please. Uh, we also desperately need your reviews and ratings on iTunes. Help us beat Joel Osteen. Help us beat Maria. We have a, a, a campaign called Beat Joel Osteen. And he is probably ahead of us by the tune of probably about. 8.7 million <laughs> listeners Easily. but Easily. we plan on catching up to him with interviews like this okay so tell all your friends i'll, I'll pray really hard for them. <laughs> <laughs> thank you but that's all we need the prayer of a righteous woman availeth much king james says that uh, and i mean it i'll pray <laughs> awesome you really will i know you will that's the best part one of us are going to get a letter i know <laughs> you may or may not receive that miracle <laughs> <laughs> we are we are number one in religious and spirit and spirituality which means we're number eight thousand. everything else yeah, uh, no kidding. thank you very much for yeah. just uh take a time out of your night uh, to chat with us this has been really cool oh thank you so much for having me yeah, this has been great. Maria, you are awesome. Thank you for being a, uh incredible sister. Um, and, so and my wife wants me to tell you that she loves you and looks forward to gabbing with you on social media. <laughs> awesome. All righty. God Every... bless you guys. God bless your ministry. Oh, I wouldn't call this a ministry. Your we fun cuss... catching we... foxes ministry. Yeah. <laughs> I'd call this... Uh, narcissism. Yes, that's what we got. <laughs> Anything else, but typically we drink and cuss way too much for this to be considered a ministry, unless it's like bingo. Buy like my if, book. If you could consider bingo a ministry, that's what this is—the equivalent in the digital space, right? I would, I would say. Yeah. Oh, easily, easily. Well, okay. well, then you're you're beyond catching foxes. You are. You guys are in ministry, though. Okay. Oh, thank you. Right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Outside God of bless catching you, foxes. Period. <laughs> yes, I'll take it. Win. <laughs> I want good things to happen to you. How about that? Is that work? <laughs> I'm, I'm willing good thoughts. Okay, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. God bless you all. Have a good night.